Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Erasable Podcast. I am Johnny Gamber, a.k.a. the Notorious HB, and I'm joined by the rest of the Pencil Posse, Lil Sharp, a.k.a. Andy Welfley, and Puff Laddie, um, a.k.a. Tim Wassum, <laughs> as well as Grandmaster Inc., the pan addict himself, Mr. Brad Dowdy. How are you guys Hello, doing? Hello, gentlemen. Hello. So, are we going to be wrapping the rest of this episode? Well, I could do the Humpty Dance at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on some twerking, so I can, I can try to work that. Call you just make, it, make, us, make us a gift for that. To put yeah. On the, <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do about that. <laughs> oh, man. Excellent. So, we're joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy today on their um, little hiatus from the Inky podcast. <laughs> do we yeah, won't give you I don't mean that I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Yeah. <laughs> silly pin using guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to admit I've been reading your blog since like day one. It's always been one of my favorites. Well, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate Even that. I, I mean pencils. you're 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 the god you're the godfather, uh, after all. So um <laughs> I, I, I'm glad to be on I'm glad to be on here with you, let me tell you. <laughs> yes. <It's>, um, <laughs> there it is. It's amazing, Brad, how well we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it's amazing how much more technical information there is with pens than with pencils. Whenever you start talking about like hidden points and refills and things like that, I'm just, my eyes glaze over. It's fascinating, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm just writing with a piece of wood. <laughs> Some, sometimes I wish I would, it was uh, a little more simple for me some days, but yes, I, I can, I can definitely see that. <laughs> Excellent. You guys want to start with our fresh points? Oh no, I'm sorry. Our tools of the trade. AKA booze and stationery. I was, was going to say this is this is the uh, it's a much more official sounding name than booze and stationery. Tools of the trade. <laughs> I was supposed I to read that, that part. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my new blog name. <laughs> booze and stationery. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first, Mister Brad? Yeah, yeah. I, I will. Uh, I will take a shot at it. But um, yeah, I'm on vacation this week, and uh, so I'm not only not recording the pen attic podcast this week. So I'm excited to be on here. That's, that's the truth. I, I told uh, Andy, I was in a little bit of withdrawal from being able to, you know, talk about, uh, you know, pens and other, uh, other fun topics like this. And I'm also on vacation this week. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've, I've been joining, enjoying a few adult beverages um, for the past few days. And right now I'm drinking a magic hat, number nine, not quite pale ale. Which I, I enjoy Delicious. very much. Yes, it's a great beer. Um, it's actually pretty readily available. You can get it at the grocery store in the in the regular beer aisle. Beer aisle. You don't have to go to uh, necessarily somewhere special to get it. Hmm. Um, but that that's been the beverage of choice most of the day today. So, and I'm a little sad that I arrived on vacation without a wood case pencil. <laughs> what? No, no just kidding. <laughs> I know. And, and I actually, I actually regretted it because, you know, I, I brought a couple of books to read and taking them down to the beach. And one of them is a book of poetry and I wanted to mark it up a little bit. And I kind of didn't want to use pen. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have a pencil. And I left my pencil <laughs> sitting there on the desk. And I was like, this would be perfect for that. But I did pack up a couple of things that I wanted to review. And I did happen to have a new, mechanical pencil i know that's kind of banned on this show a little <laughs> bit um but i did have a, a mechanical pencil and it, it, it's kind of interesting that and you guys might like it because it is actually a tombow mono hmm. um mechanical pencil it's uh called the graph shaker 
Um, it's a new one. Uh, it's a new release. Um, I'm actually kind of impressed by it. I haven't done the review for it yet, but it'll be a pretty glowing review of this pencil. And I put a link in the uh, in the show show doc for you guys and uh, to check it out. But um, this is really cool looking. It's actually yeah, it, for, for the for the price. It is really like sturdy. Kind of a hefty, strong feeling pen. It's got a shaker mechanism. It's got a gigantic twist eraser. Um, I'm pretty impressed by it. I just got it um, a, a, right before I left on vacation, so I was going to try to review it this week or next week. So I brought it with me to uh, play around with. So that's what I'm using with using using it today, and I'm using it with my Butcher Orange Field notes. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Yeah, which maybe, maybe maybe we'll get into some field notes discussion later. Maybe not, but. Um, I'm uh I'm about halfway through this guy. I'm not a prolific field notes user where I just you know rip through books you know once a week, once every two weeks or so. It takes me about a month to fill one up. So I'm about halfway through this guy, and uh, I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm also uh, testing out a Notco fodder stack, which is our which we created it as an index card holder because uh, both Jeff and I at Notco, um, where we make pen cases and pencil cases, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, we we made an index card holder, which we really enjoy, and everyone's been clamoring for a memo book size holder, which is you know standard field note size, three and a half inch by five and a half inch. Hmm. And I'm testing out a prototype um, of the field note size, if you will. I've got the butcher orange um, carrying that, the pencil, and the fodder stack. All that's kind of my vacation writing kit. So it, that's awesome. It's, it's been a pretty good kit so far. I'm very happy with uh, everything I have here using and and drinking. <laughs> that's a cool Gosh. name, Fodder Stack. Yes. What what we tried to do with Knox, since both Jeff and I are based in Georgia, we tried to take some. We had to come up with like kind of a naming convention <laughs> for our products, and instead of just naming it like actually what it is, like index card holder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we landed on well why don't we use something georgia related and then we kind of stuck on the georgia mountains so that's where all of our names come from georgia mountains so that's a little nugget you can uh you can have there so that that's where we get all our names from all the uh georgia mountains and we try to do something you know keep it local keep it fun and um that was that was kind of our our, our naming convention thing so that's uh that's everything i'm carrying so if That's I miss cool. another fodder stack limited edition, I'm gonna blow my stack. If I may, you can you can blame Jeff for that, and I'm so proud of <laughs> I, it, this is all his doing. And he's like, "All right, this is what I'm gonna do." And I've got this I've got this white external fabric, and we're gonna make these cool interior fabrics. And I don't have very much of it, but we're just gonna make it. Uh, we're just gonna make it a you know a limited edition, and we'll release it when we re- release a new product that it can match with. And I'm like. Awesome! You are the man. Let's, let's go for it. So, especially that, that blue one. Jeff that. <laughs> that blue one that just came out. I don't, what, I don't know what your, I forget what your name was for it, but um, I yeah, went that, on. Go ahead. No, that that was the Snow Jay. The first mm. the first one was Smango. It was Snow and Mango, and this one is Snow and Blue Jay. So it's the Snow Jay. Yeah, I went on Twitter and saw that it. Uh, I think you had or the Notco Twitter account and posted that there were a few left. I was like, Oh, finally I went to it and I realized that I was like two hours late. Every time, every every damn time. That's all right. We'll we'll do a lot of things like that. So we're, we're just trying to have fun and, and, and do some neat stuff while we're doing it. Yeah. The fodder stack's a great idea. I'm really, 
I'm, I'm eager to get one of those for sure. Yeah, I, I've been very, very happy with it. Tim, do you want to go next? Sure. First off, I am drinking a nice, tall, icy glass, pint glass of Yingling Lager. Nice. Uh, it is, I guess, I don't know if it's everywhere. I know it's a, it's a Pennsylvania brewery that claims yeah, to be the oldest. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've we been, I mean, I've been here for six years and we've always had it. So, And that was the first time I had ever tried it was when I moved to Tennessee. <laughs> Which I guess that's kind of telling because I was uh, twenty when I moved to Tennessee. <laughs> I had tried, <laughs> but it was the first time I had tried Yingling when I got down here. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, just is kind of a go-to. It's pretty cheap down here. It's like eleven bucks for a twelve pack. So you just got wow. in Indiana maybe like three years ago, and it's yeah. Pretty darn I good. remember my brother when he was li- still living in Indiana. Like flipped out and was talking about it being the greatest thing ever. I was like, I can buy it at gas stations down here. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I am writing with a field notes pencil that is, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you all think about this, but it is at the perfect length right now. Nice. Um, you know how it is at about five inches, something like that, where it just fits perfectly into your hand, which is about the size of almost exactly maybe a little bit longer than a Fisher space pen when you mm. put the ca- uh, the bullet version when you put the uh, ends into action mo- <laughs> action mode I'll call it uh, when you're actually writing with it so it's about five inches it's perfect so I just was using that today a lot and decided to keep using it because it was um, I think Johnny was talking last week about how he was using harder pencils lately and this is on the HB scale it's towards the harder end and I was using it today because it was, I wasn't having to sharpen a lot because I'm finishing my last class for my master's program. And so I was wanting to work as quickly as possible because school starts next Monday here. So I've got, I'm going to be a lot busier starting Monday. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that is the first writing instrument. And then in honor of our guest, I also have a fountain pen out. Mm. Uh, Yeah. I, and I think, I don't know if you remember this, Brad, but before I started my, my blog, I had emailed you a couple times. I'm sure you get all these emails, but I sent you this uh, long email trying to get you to recommend a pen mm-hmm. for me. And it was, of course, it ended up being perfect. It was the Uniball, uh, is it the UM-153, the bold, really dark. Yeah, the, the uh, big, like the 0.7, uh, 1.0 millimeter bold. Yeah. Yes, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah, so I... Which is kind of funny because I've ended up, my blog's gone in the graphite direction, but the reason I got into blogging and stuff was because of your podcast and your blog. And also fountain pens. I had I bought my first fountain pen in college, and it was just a Lamy AL Star that I loved. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after starting to listen to your podcast, I bought this pen in front of me, which is a Twisby, Mini, a Twisby Classic Mini. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, and it's such a, it's just a perfect little pocket pen. I've loved it. I have a, a Kaveco classic as well, but I use this a lot more. And I have an EF nib on it right now and I have it filled with Noodler's Tiananmen, which is my new, I tweeted about this earlier, it's my new favorite red ink, which red inks are kind of my thing or they've become my thing sort of. So I've got five or six and I just really love, love that ink. And I am writing in my favorite, officially, my favorite Field Notes edition. 
um, and I, I've not tried them all extensively. I mean, I haven't tried all of the all of the colors editions and stuff, but I am using a Field Notes County County Fair edition that I just absolutely love. I love the linen cover, uh, but I'm writing in that, and it's inside of my new Field Notes wallet that was made by Cody Williams, friend of the podcast, and uh, I put a link in the show notes for uh, it's a picture of the wallet that he made me, but also. I believe there'll be a link to to his etsy page and he'll make you one of these if you if you like it but i've just been in love with it i can't i can't imagine not having it in my back pocket because it's worked so well it just has two two card slots and then there is a a wider slot for things like receipts and bills uh actual cash and stuff like that and i i love it so much and this field notes edition actually i should mention is in Idaho, which is super random for me. Um, <laughs> I drove through Idaho once. I don't remember much about it, but I was on the Field Nuts Facebook group page a couple weeks ago and just saw, I just noticed all of these sort of random additions that were getting traded. And Andy and I have been talking a lot about how we like to use these special editions and rare editions. Uh, but I got kind of inspired and I had put in some promo code at some point and gotten the, what's it called? The Tournament of Books edition that they do. Is that what it's called? With the rooster? Yeah. Yeah, with the, the, rooster red, the rooster. Yeah, so I had done that and they sent me one free with an order, I think when I got my, my shelter wood. And so I actually put that up on the Facebook group and offered it as a trade just for anything, really like going for mass quantity because I go through these books in about, two weeks, maybe two weeks ish. And someone sent me six County fair editions and three hmm. of them were, were Idaho. And I traded them that, that special one, because I knew these people, people who are collectors would value that one a lot more than I would. Cause I would just, I mean, I would fill it up and it would be great, but I just figured it might make somebody happy to trade off some readily available editions to get that one. Then everybody would freak out. Like when Brad talked about his butcher orange, probably not probably not as much but uh, but yeah Yeah. so that's what i'm doing i got my fountain pen i got my pencil and i got my my field notes set up i'm uh yeah i'm uh drinking a woodford reserve bourbon on the rocks um i'm still trying to work through my uh my giant duty-free bottle from canada so uh (laughs) from my trip to canada yeah slow down man hey (laughs) um but I, I don't know. I, I've just was came back from Texas, and I had a lot of really good things. I had a Lone Star beer, which was really it's like the PBR of Texas, and uh, <laughs> and so I drank a lot of that. Then um, unfortunately, I was flying, so I couldn't I couldn't bring it with me. So um, I'm actually using um, a Columbia copper plate pencil uh, from Luke Sinclair from Australia. I sent him. Uh, a couple um, – I ordered a couple of the uh, Baron Fig notebooks for him since they don't ship internationally and sent it to him. And to thank me, he sent me these – a few really cool Australian pencils. And one of them is a company called uh, Columbia. There's a couple from here. So this one is called the uh, Copper Plate. And I've only just started using it, so I don't have an opinion quite yet. It seems like it's pretty light. Um, but it's it's a really good-looking pencil. pencil. It's It's kind of a – red tomato color with a white stripe and a like a dark dark brown tip it's pretty cool and actually i i have um 
I have in front of me a, a, a couple pins as well. Um, I have um, a Signo, a Uniball Signo gel pen. It's a UM153. Um, I actually uh, got this from uh, Field Nut, not Field Nut, Jet Pens. Um, I just bought a really cheapy white gel pen, a Pentel Sunburst just a target. And uh, I was trying to write on the inside of some of my darker editions of field notes, you know, where you put your, you, you put your name and you put your email address and all that stuff. And so I was using this and it wasn't working really well. And, uh, Elaine from jet pens sent me an email and said, Ugh, let me send you a better, a better gel pen <laughs> on your next order. So she sent me this one and it works really great. It looks really, really good. I just wrote in the night sky with it. And that white just stands out from the, from the black paper, just like crazy. It looks great. That's- that's the white version of the one that Brad had recommended to me. Is it? Before That's cool. I started my blog. Yeah, it's the, yeah. I, right. I've got the uh, the green and the blue black and the black, and they're all hmm. great. Just I just love those dark bold lines. I actually don't usually have much luck with gel pens. Like they always seem really skippy to me, and I have no idea if it's because I'm left-handed or because of the way I hold it or what. But it just it just never seems like super, uh, super super. I don't know, smooth and consistent, but the Signo really does. So maybe I just have been buying really crappy cheap gel pens. No, I, th- I think <laughs> it's because you're left-handed. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I mean, honestly though, it's not just like the angle it's at, but it could also just be the, the way I hold it and mm-hmm. the fact that I'm pushing it instead of pulling it. I don't know if that right. makes a difference, but yeah. Um, and I also have out, um, Brad, you and some other people have been talking about Estabrooks a lot lately. Like the old Estabrook fountain pens, and and I think I have a an Estabrook dollar pen, um, and so I've been just kind of taking that out and trying to figure out how to get the tip out so I can clean it. So that's actually sitting right here in front of me. Okay, um, yeah. I, I inherited it from my grandmother, and I think I wrote about it a little bit on that when I wrote about pencils for the cramped. I just talked about this Estabrook, and it's that kind of dusty blue one that's really pretty. Yeah, I, actually, that's that's one of my favorite colors for sure. Yeah, and and I I. Remember that I put some ink in it a long time ago and then set it aside and I, I stuck it in my high tower not too long ago. And uh, now I'm I'm trying to figure out how to – on the dollar pens, do you know, can you get the tip out? I still think on those they still unscrew. Okay. Um, you, yours just might be, you know, needing some extra TLC, maybe yeah. soak it in water or something like that. But That's a good idea. Know, they, they, they all still should thread in on the dollar pens. Okay. I uh, I think I'm going to look up some more history of this. I know that uh, Fountain Bend Day is coming up in, in November, and I'm thinking about doing just a history of the of the Estabrook dollar pens, just because it's something that really interests me. That'd be great. Yeah. So um, I'm using that to write in. Um, I also have a new um, notebook cover from Cody Williams. Um, this one was affectionately called a Cody Ori by somebody who said that. Was that you, Tim? No, that was me. I think that's actually a thing on uh, – I, I had seen that before on the Midori Traveler's Notebook Facebook group. Okay. Like people have been calling it that. Might have even seen it on the Field Nuts group too. But uh, no, that was me. I might have used the term, but I definitely okay. don't want to take credit for coming up with it. Gotcha. Well, it's a Midori-style um, Midori style notebook. I can fit two of the Field Notes or Word Notebooks or standard size field pocket notebooks in here. And uh, it's it's funny. I, I knew next to nothing about Midori style notebooks or Midori traveler notebooks. Just I, all I knew about Midori was that a it was a melon flavored liqueur, and b that <laughs> that that bullet, bullet pencil is made by Midori. 
Um, and so I, I knew that it was a thing and I knew that there were, it's kind of a craze. And then I learned more about it actually from one of the, the last episodes of, uh, the pen addict, uh, Brad, I think you guys talked a little bit about it. I did. Yeah. I did. I went, I went out and purchased one. Yeah. And, and have you like watched all those videos where they show you all the different ways to like attach things in there and. I have not because <laughs> I, and, and I need to because of what when I got mine I was like I ordered three separate inserts for it and you know here I am getting this notebook and I'm starting to try to slide all these three notebooks in there I'm like wait a minute it's only set up for one to go in there <laughs> so then I had to then I had to go start watching some of these videos to figure out how you know people were putting them together and things like that so yeah have it's you, it's it's definitely a thing yeah have you written <laughs> have you written in it yet not yet. <laughs> I brought it with me on vacation, though. <laughs> but that, that was the thing. I, I bought – it took me probably two years to buy this because I wasn't sure if I was going to use it. And I was like, finally. I was just like, okay, I'm tired of looking at it like on my wish list or whatever. I'm just going to go buy it. And I still haven't written in it. But I brought it with me on vacation in case uh, I got the urge. Yeah, I I mean I, I really like it so far. I, I What I did is I it came with a strap for one and – I had this big discussion about how you can um, you can untie it in a certain way and tie it back together so you can use both of those kind of spine straps as a field notes uh, holder. But I, I decided instead to – I think, Tim, you sent me a, a, um, uh, a video, a link yeah. to a video about how to, how to make it with a rubber band. And yeah, I think it was the Goulet pen one. Yeah. Pens one. yeah. That guy is really funny, by the way. I've never, <laughs> I've never talked to him before. I think I heard the podcast that he was on, the pen addict, but – yeah, it, so I um, so I just went out and got a plain old rubber band and and put that in here. It works great like that. Um, the only the only thing is what it does then is it makes it a little too thick to just kind of slide effort, effortlessly. Excuse me, effortlessly into your back pocket. And now it's just kind of this thick thing that I have to you know carry around in my bag or something like that. So it's kind of it's kind of reduced the functionality of the just back pocket notebook for me. So uh, I'm, I'm using a shelter wood to kind of just write some journal journal stuff in, and then I'm using a uh, night sky to actually um, make lists and you know take notes and things like that. So I'm uh, I, I'll have more to say about both of these things a little bit later once I start using them a little bit more. But it's uh it's great so far. Cody does Cody does a really really good job. So that is uh that is my uh, tools of the trade. Johnny, how about you? I have just finished my cup of Zeke's Mexican Chiapas coffee. Zeke's is a local um, Baltimore roastery, roastery roaster. If you're ever in Charm City, like, you know, fill your car or your carry-on up because it's delicious and good. And now I'm drinking bubbly water because I had beer earlier because I'm on vacation too. (laughs) But um, I am using a pencil, which I love very much, the Prospector, not the Palomino Prospector, but the California Republic Prospector. Yeah. They made it ugly. <laughs> Sorry. It's a very, very beautiful pencil, and their old logo is beautiful, and the gold ferrule and pink eraser are beautiful, and now it's got that white thing on top, and it's just ugly. Are you using the natural like one or the, or the green one? Uh, the natural one. That's cool. They, I, I like the new green one better. I like that green. And the, the new ones write a lot better, and the, the Made in the USA thing is very nice, but this is such a pretty pencil. I didn't know I had any more. I found it next to my bed. So, score! <laughs> forever. I, but um, I'm also writing in a shelter wood. I'm sorry hmm. I cut you off. I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I think about the prospectors. Like, I love, love the Golden Bears. 
but I guess m- many of the prospectors I had just were never super well performing. I guess in my opinion, and I guess what would be pretty is a golden bear with clear lacquer. Ooh yeah! yeah. Oh my! Mm. Oh yeah! Maybe when maybe when they bring the we're going to have to start a movement a little bit later about bringing back the triangular golden bear. Yes, especially yeah. the the end dipped one. That thing was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Cool. And uh, the shelter what I'm writing in is actually kind of wonky. As it goes down the notebook, the staples move away from the spine and toward the front cover, so it doesn't really open. Huh. It's kind of really irritating me today. So That's weird because most extra fast. Most of them don't close. Oh, it neither opens nor closes. It's like stuck in some <laughs> weird notebook limbo. It's just making me angry. Mad <laughs> at a piece of paper and wood. <laughs> Brad, I know that's not your favorite. Your yeah, favorite you know my notebooks. you know my stance on this. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I want to love it. I really want to love it. And at the end, when they're broken in, they're pretty. But when they're new, it's just, ugh. well, I notice. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, need needlifestyle.com has like their current edition. They have some shelter woods in it. So. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if they just printed a bunch and they aren't selling quite as much. Actually, I saw. I, I haven't gone and looked at the field notes site yet, but I, I remember when the shelter word come out came out. I s- was curious um, how soon they'd sell out the edition because it was a really large edition, lar- definitely the largest at the time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was seventy five thousand or ninety thousand. I can't. I'm drawing a blank, but I think someone tweeted me a few days ago saying that the edition sold out, which I was surprised. Hmm. Seventy five. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was seventy five. It did. Or it it was did around sell that. out. Huh. Yep. Yeah, it did sell. Oh, well, out. I went this week and was actually I was planning shocked. on buying. I was planning on buying a couple more uh, three packs this week, and saw that you know I saw the cold horizon is still there. I was like, I kept scrolling down, started kind of got distracted and was looking at some other stuff, and then realized that I never saw <laughs> Shelterwood. And I scrapped. I went back up and then back down. And thought there was a mistake, and I tweeted about it, and people said, "Yeah, it's." It's been gone a couple days. So. Huh. Yep. I wonder if uh, Need Lifestyle got a bunch of their stock to use for <laughs> for their thing. I'll, I'll I, check with I'll check with Matt. <laughs> I'm still I'm still smitten with them. Uh, I primarily use them in a. It's kind of a Midori style cover, but it was made by Davis Leatherworks. It's, he calls it a simple cover, and I keep this week. Actually, I opened a new one. And I started. I put it in the simple cover, and I've been using it for my morning pages hmm. in the morning. And I mean, I don't carry. I don't carry it around with me, so I'm sure it doesn't like wear in that that well. But I, I love it for the purpose that I'm using it for. I guess is yeah. And and I I posted a I put up a blog post about it saying that I love Shelterwood, but it definitely to me has a certain function, and it's not as a pocket notebook like something you're going to carry around with you everywhere. Uh, I yeah, it sits in a on a bookshelf in my by my desk, and every morning I pull it out and I write in it, and then I put it back, and then I go on with my day. So. That's cool. It sure is pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> Darn cool poster. Yeah. Darn tootin'. <laughs> um. Shall we right. move on to our fresh points? Yeah, you should do that. Awesome, Mr. Andy, you want to go first? You mean the little sharps? Little sharps. <laughs> yes, little sharps. <laughs> 
Well, I, I am going to take a tattoo, man. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to take a quick, uh, quick detour over into the digital side of of the podcast and talk talk some meta podcasting a little bit um, because I am a huge just tech tech geek as well. Um, so uh, Marco Arment, who did um, who made the Instapaper app and the magazine, which which are a couple of my favorite things, uh, he just released um, a new podcasting app called Overcast. And you can uh, check it out at overcast.fm. And if you have an iPhone, um, you can also get it there uh, through the App Store. Um, it is a really, really cool um, podcasting app. And I'll, I'll kind of get to the, my point in a second. But it has some neat things. Like it has a – you can uh, actually speed up a podcast. Um, it takes out a lot of the pauses in between sentences or in between when people are talking. So I imagine we, we would go pretty quickly if we did that. Um, <laughs> and, and it also has um, – has a like a voice boost on it, so you know sometimes when my levels are a little bit screwed up, you can uh, turn that on. Then just it kind of equalizes everybody. Uh, so that's a pretty cool feature too. Um, the best thing I think about it though is it's sort of social slash non-social function, and this is kind of my plea to you guys. Um, is uh, what you can actually do is you can you can quote unquote recommend a podcast. So if you have it hooked up to your Twitter account, uh, it won't actually post any tweets for you, but it will make it so. Uh, whenever um, whenever you your Twitter account is hooked up and you recommend a podcast, those who follow you on Twitter or whom you follow on Twitter start uh, download that and start looking for recommended podcasts. Your recommendations will show up, uh, kind of top of the list in that in the little list it has. So um, I'm mostly asking you that to see if you guys would be willing to recommend us on Overcast if you are indeed using it. Um, so basically you just kind of, you download overcast, you do, you start listening to our podcast. Uh, there's a little share sheet in there, a little, um, icon with an arrow on it. So click that and you can actually go and uh, click a recommend action. And then, uh, it'll maybe ask you to connect your Twitter accounts. So, um, that's a really good way to get, to get new followers, I think, especially from the, the crowd that would use overcast, which I'm willing to bet is a lot of our same people. So, um, that's my quick break to the digital side of, of what we're doing. Um, and so now we're back to the regular analog pencil talking. <laughs> um, I was going to mention the limited edition Chuck Jones black wings. Uh, did you guys get that email? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, they're pretty cool. They, they, the, the main difference of the actual pencil is that, um, you know, Chuck Jones was a big black wing user. Uh, I know that Pencils.com has worked with the Chuck Jones Foundation a lot, uh, Chuck Jones being the animator from uh, Looney Tunes and, and other things like that. Um, so uh, Pencils.com is more working with his foundation, and they have a limited edition uh, Chuck Jones dozen black wings. Um, and it's the Palomino Blackwing 602 uh, that comes with a pink eraser like the original rather than the black er- eraser like the Palominos. Uh, and other than that, the only difference is that the box that it comes in is different. Um, the, uh, it comes with a, a, uh, print inside the box that I, I assume is all folded up. And then it also has a certificate of, of authenticity, which is interesting. But, um, the thing about it is it's, it's $30 instead of the usual $20. So it's a little bit salty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually, the last pack of Blackwing 602s I ordered, I, I ordered the pack for 20 and then threw in a pack of pink erasers yeah i switched them all out i actually did the same thing so yeah which is, i think it was 22 dollars so yeah instead of 29 well, some big chuck jones fans out there so it might be worth it for them but yeah don't want to do it just for the just for the vintage look yeah and and i think that you're you're supporting the chuck Jones 
Chuck Jones Foundation a little bit. Yes. You're, yeah. you know, you're, they work a lot in schools with students interested in drawing and animating. So, I mean, it's all for a good cause. So, uh, so yeah, check that out. There's a link in the show notes. And I, I don't think we, um, we actually mentioned this before, but if you want to look at our field notes, uh, go to uh, erasable.us. Did I say field notes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm watching people type things on the screen, and I'm trying to like remember what I'm saying. <laughs> we have a shared Google Doc, and people are making funny notes in there as we go. <laughs> um, so uh, er- you can see the show notes and links at erasable.us slash 11. Um, the last thing I was going to mention, which is a pretty big thing, I, I think we should all probably pitch in here, is uh, there was some kind of big, big bullet pencil news that kind of slipped, slipped by this weekend, just pretty, qui- pretty quietly. But uh, you know, they're working on uh, Wood- uh, Huckleberry Woodchuck is working on a uh, bullet pencil uh, prototype um, that we've talked a lot about. We've gotten a prototype and passed it around. But um, there's also another guy, um, Jeff is his name, who's working on a bullet pencil prototype. And this guy is kind of has been known in the community, the stationary community before. He made a a little thing called a field assistant, uh, which is like this little kind of custom stamped metal case that you put your field notes in, and then close it with the um, field notes rubber, rubber band. So uh, I actually talked to him a while ago when he expressed in his interest in um, making a bullet pencil. Uh, he posted something on Instagram that was just a teaser of, of bullet pencils in general. And so I, my ears, ears perked up and I emailed him and we had a little discussion and he has posted some pictures of his, um, his bullet pencil concept and they are, they're really cool. Did you guys see these? Yes. Yeah. Did you see these, Brad? I didn't see it till you put it in the show notes, but it, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's such a different kind of interpretation of a bullet pencil than what Huckleberry Woodchuck is doing. Like you know, as as kind of like simple and utilitarian as uh, and kind of clean as as that that bullet pencil prototype is. This one is a little bit more. I don't know if modern is the right word, but but it. I mean, it has a stylus on the end of it, kind of on the end where. Um, where a bullet pencil, when it's in the closed position, the part that sticks out that looks like the actual bullet, instead of kind of a tip on there, he has a uh, capacitive touch stylus, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then it, it doesn't taper as much, and it looks like it's much thinner than that Huckleberry Woodchuck one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it ends, um, and this is really cool, it, it ends with a, uh, a place to put the Palomino Blackwing eraser in its clip. And it's, uh, it's kind of odd just because the... Like the design doesn't quite seem as as um, as unified as the Huckleberry Woodchuck one does, but it's still really great, and I think it's it's really utilitarian. You can uh, you can buy some Palomino black wings, and you can you know saw off the end of it to put it inside the pe- the pencil, and then you can put the eraser on the other side. What do you guys think of that thing? I think it's a I think it's a great idea, and I like how like you were saying how slim it is. Yeah, it's it's doesn't it almost from the pictures, which I know could be maybe misleading. It doesn't look much. It doesn't seem to have much wider of a diameter than an actual pencil. So, it has a nice clip on there. And then the eraser. Initially, I was like, "Oh, that's really cool," but then you also have the. You know, I'm I'm concerned about the Apollo 13 problem. You have the round hole in the square. Oh yeah. What is it? The yeah. <laughs> uh, rectangular hole in the round. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You're you're. It doesn't. I I have doubts about the actual eraser fitting hmm. nicely in there. Like I just imagine it 
if, if it's a round hole in that uh, rectangular or whatever you want to call it, it's like a prism or it's fitting in there, is it going to turn around? Is it going to spin? Like, is it going to stay in place? Yeah. So that's a, a main question I had. Hmm. And uh, everybody hates the Palomino or the Blackwing Eraser because it doesn't really work very well. Really? It's kind of an odd choice. Well, I always, I mean, it works when it's, um, you know, when the, the eraser goes all the way down into the clip, but like the whole point of it is you're supposed to be able to extend it. And then mm-hmm. once you extend it, the Palomino Blackwing isn't a snug enough fit where it'll stay extended when you start erasing with it. It just kind of pushes it back down in. I guess with mine, I've, I've used a, even my fingers are a set of pliers and pinched the ferrule mm. closed and then it yeah. seems to stay closed. Or the, when you extend the razor, I, I haven't had any issues with it sliding back down if I do that, which isn't a very difficult thing. I just kind of use my index finger and thumb and pinch it yeah. a little bit tighter. But Yeah. Well, it's still a, a great concept and I, I love the fact that, you know, kind of unlike the Midori Bullet Pencil, both of these guys are, are making sure that it's going to work for you know, other pencils and for just mm-hmm. your, your everyday pencil. And it's also going to be easily replaceable. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I guess I should disclaim that none of us have, you know, used a prototype of this. We haven't been able to actually get it in our hands to, to see it. So we're all speculating right off of the Instagrams. Yeah. So it's it on the, really, really pretty. Yeah. And it's on the, it's on the long side, isn't it? It's like five inches or something like that. I, I think I saw an Instagram yeah. picture. So, which isn't a, yeah, they have it on their thing, website, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, considering like we don't really know how far the, like when it's in the active position, or like when you put the pencil into use, we don't know how far the the tip actually goes back into the body of it. So yeah, but yeah, it's which I guess is I, I think I had seen some. I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was a comment on a Instagram picture, but they had said they made sure to make it that length so that the stylus could be used comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. I uh, I know oh, we yeah. don't we don't have any um, kind of details about you know how much it would cost when it's going to appear on the on Kickstarter. Um, honestly, we don't have that for the Huckleberry Woodchuck one either. But um, and then kind of my last point. Speaking of that, I am uh, I'm done with it, and I'm um, I'm about to send it on to you, Johnny. So uh, I'm going to ransom it. <laughs> this is Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> do it. We'll take it to one of your um, your stationary club things, and uh, you know, maybe get everybody. Get I'm Joe and up. they might take it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough town. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's coming your way. So, uh, awesome. I'm done with my fresh points. How about you, Tim? Puff laddie, puff laddie, <laughs> puff puff laddie. Um, <laughs> that's me. You don't know me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like. I, I think. I think. Uh, Toffer had a uh, had an old dirty eraser. Was his was his idea for? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That that was that's actually a great name. <laughs> that was really mm-hmm. <laughs> ODE. That was good. <laughs> ODE. Yeah. yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first thing I was going to bring up was I know it seems man. I'm, going out on a limb here, but it seems in our little world of stationary bloggers, it's sort of fashionable to bash Moleskine or mm-hmm. Moleskine or whatever, uh, mostly because of their lack of compatibility with like fountain pens or even liquid ink pens. Uh, 
But they have something new out that's kind of interesting. It's called the Mo, uh, Moleskine Voyager. I don't know if did, did any of you see this this week. Yeah, I really wanted one for my trip last week, but it wasn't out yet. Is that the cloth bound one? Yeah, it's cloth bound and it's uh, a brown color and it's pretty. Yeah, it's it's pretty and it seems pr- you know fairly practical. It's the the main idea of it is that it's it's not as small as a po- their pocket notebook and it's not as big as the A five ish size medium notebook. It's four four and a half by seven and. What seems to be the case is that it is an attempt to compete or at least compare to the Midori, which is kind of interesting because we've been talking about that. But there are three different sections in the notebook. Each one has a different type of paper. I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's blank, ruled, and then a dot grid for the three inside. So in, if you look along the spine, you can see the different colors and they're each section is coded by uh, colors on the binding. Uh, I, I, we think to kind of simulate what the majority, what the majority allows you to do. Of course, it's not as flexible and you can't refill it, but it looks really nice. And aside from the, you know, kind of high price point for buying the name of the brand, I think it's something that I'll, I'll try out at some point. I'm not, jumping on it right now because I've got plenty of plenty of paper to fill but it looks like a pretty cool notebook in my opinion I have a special place for for these notebooks just because that was as far as paper goes they were kind of my which I think they are for a lot of people but they're my my first toe in the water to this world of nice notebooks so oh yeah I remember in, in, you know, in high school getting a couple of them and it was a big deal then because I was used to just getting Mead notebooks, five star notebooks, you know. And oh yeah, so it was. I, I definitely before field notes ever existed, I carried one of the small pocket reporters' notepads around in my pocket. It was yeah, yeah. It was a really great little notebook. Yeah, I loved them, and, and I know like I wasn't using fountain pens until much later, but I never had any problems with them with the gel pens and things I was using in high school, and and I've never even recently I have some of the pocket notebooks and don't have any issues with pencil. So, Hmm. um, yeah, so I'll probably check into that soon. I think as long as the price goes down a little bit, because right now they're they're I think 20, even on Amazon, they're like $22 and then straight from uh, the company, they're 24. I Hmm. believe I I put a link in the show notes to Anna's write up about it at the well-appointed desk. And she, she lays it out pretty well and has some really good pictures that, show the different features. So I'd encourage people to check that out. Um, yeah. So the other thing I was going to talk about, or the second thing I was going to talk about is my wallet, which I actually already talked about. So I guess I can just skip that, but I just wanted to give Cody some props for making some really quality stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I asked him to make me a, a field notes wallet, a wallet that could hold cards and money, but also have a field notes notebook in it. And, he had some designs that he had done before, but I inquired about doing something a little different uh, that would be shorter, that would fit the field notes almost perfectly and just have two card slots and then just one slot for money and things like that. And he said, sure. And he did it and he, he liked how it turned out and I love how it turned out. I love how it turned out so much that I actually went ahead and ordered 
a second one to give away as a gift hmm. uh, to a friend just because I loved it so much. And I already, it's hard to imagine not having it with me because I pull it out everywhere, whether I'm buying something at the grocery store or if I'm at a coffee shop and need to take down a note. It just has turned into a pretty central piece in my my arsenal, if I may. <laughs> but uh, but I, your writing but, arsenal, as it were. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like the Arrested Development. <laughs> oh, that's the name of the show. Um, so I, I I love it, and I can't recommend it enough. And Cody makes some really quality stuff. He also makes, and Johnny can vouch for this, but he makes some Cordura options. Is that how you mm-hmm. pronounce it? I don't know, but. Oh, yeah, but he, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he makes he makes some similar pieces out of Cordura. He's starting to do that. So uh, if that's your it's thing. It's very lightweight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the only other thing is that I had mentioned earlier that the school year is approaching. Uh, teachers in my school district go back on Monday, and then the following Monday students start full-time. And uh, I found out that Pencils.com, maybe a couple months ago, they give discounts to teachers and they take purchase orders. And so I was putting together an order for my classroom on Pencils.com and decided to order a gross pack. Uh, I guess it's 144 Golden Bears for my classroom. Yay! And I have a theory. And they give a 10% discount, by the way, to teachers if you're a teacher. Um, And so they... I have a theory that I will gain a full day of class back by the end of the year for all of the times that class is interrupted by people not knowing how to sharpen a pencil or having a crappy <laughs> pencil that won't sharpen. So I look forward to seeing you to, to see what it actually, how it actually turns out because yeah. that's, that's interesting. <laughs> if there's any way to track it, I don't think there probably would be, but there isn't, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to track it. I'm going to track it in my imagination and I will let you know. <laughs> Imagination <laughs> by the end of the year, I'll just have the joy of passing out golden bears to use. And I, I chose the orange ones with the blue racers just because they would be more visible and I could get kids to give them back if I wanted them to give it back. Cause there's yeah. some kids that, uh, need the pencil to keep because they don't have pencils to use. And they're the kids who are just lazy and don't remember their pencils in their locker. And those are the ones that I'll say, Hey, give it back. So just throw something at them. Yeah, exactly. A pencil, like a sharpened pencil. I'll do that. Make like a little, uh, yeah, like a blow dart setup. But but yeah, that's all I've got. Cool. Johnny. Awesome. The Notorious um, HB. (laughs) I need like a different grade, like 9X XB from general. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So last week I was in Boston and I was really disappointed that my favorite stationery stores were really lacking like pencils. Um, like Bob Slate in Cambridge, which is like, you know, it's like Mecca. I hear angels sing when I walk by it. They had like open stock Dixons and some Stalers and like a Blackwing, which I didn't buy because I didn't want to take the last one. So I was very sad about that. But um, we went to Walden Pond and they used to, at the gift shop there, sell those uh, wood those wooden pens that were called like the Woody or something like that with the Thoreau Society emblem. And they're really cool, but they just didn't write. Hmm. So sort of defeated <laughs> themselves. But um, they had a little display there of like um, some sort of replica pencil and a little bit of history of the, the Thoreau and Son Pencil Company, which I thought was really cool because 
usually everything on there is like books and expensive t-shirts and other, you know, really cool throw memorabilia. But this little educational thing about him and pencils was very awesome. And uh, I know we, we, we talk a lot about crank sharpeners and being away. I didn't have a crank sharpener for a whole week, which I thought would bug me, but it was actually awesome because I don't know why I get to sharpen more often with a short point and, um, you know, see where you're going to put those shavings. Like, oh, my coffee cup, my beer glass, whatever. And uh, while I was away, I also sent some postcards in pencil, which apparently arrived successfully. They did. So that's, that's awesome news. Although some of them were with a no-blot pencil, which is probably cheating, but <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah, I got mine. And uh, I actually I got some cool pencils in the mail for some, from some listeners. Martin sent me some really, really cool pencils, including one that took me back to first grade, this old black um, Dixon pencil for learning. It makes me hear nuns when I look at it, but it's really, really, really cool. I to like get my kids to learn on it. And um, Dr. Hans Noodleman sent me some cool carpenter pencils, including a tube today that showed up broken in half because I don't know why I have a replacement mail carrier this week and he or she is not really on top of things. They, uh, they bent a tube and broke um, carpenter pencils in half. Why, wow. How did you do this? Wow. That's, a, that's very impressive upset. for a that's, mail carrier. Yeah. He's been working out. I miss my regular mail carrier very much today. <laughs> but I you know, thank you, you guys, very, very, very much. That One of the pencils from Dr. Hans was, um, it has an indelible lead in it. So it's really, really cool. It's like a big, fat no-blot. Um, and my last thing is Aaron Stanley, who is a photographer, um, in Baltimore, started a new blog called The Right Tools, which Brad knows about because Brad is the first interview on there. Yeah. Um, Aaron is interviewing, um, I guess, stationary bloggers and asking us like you know, really specific questions like, what exactly do you like to use in brands and what don't you leave the house with? So it was really cool. I sent him some today. So if I get to follow Brad, that'll be really, really cool. Heck yeah. <laughs> Although a hard act to follow, but we didn't like the same thing, if you can believe that. <laughs> Shocking! Did um, <laughs> did did Aaron just distort your words and you know just make stuff up on your your, your interview, Brad? No, no, but that would have been pretty fun. <laughs> if he just, uh, I would have been down for that. But no, he. Uh, I love the shelter woods. <laughs> <laughs> Got this I heart shelter woods tattoo. <laughs> but uh, no, he 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 emailed me several times, told me he was going to get this started, and uh, you know I was of course pushing him and and giving him you know the you know just kind of a, some some tips and some ideas that you know he was he was really wanting to get this done, and he asked me to you know be the the first interview subject, and I was more than happy to do it because uh, he's a really great guy. Yeah, I'll put a link to his um, Instagram account in the uh, show notes because he's really really good photographer. And it makes Baltimore look good, which we appreciate. Is he the wire does not? Is he a person you know? You know personally? Yeah, he he's been out to a few of our little Baltimore stationery geek meetings. Aaron's like super nice. He's got a super cute daughter with a super cute name, but I don't know if he wants it on the internet, so I won't repeat. <laughs> but uh, those are all my points. Cool, um, Mr. Brad. Do you want to do your first ever fresh points? I don't know. Am I allowed to talk about a pen topic? Absolutely. <laughs> Although I, I, I think this, I, I think this actually transcends a pen topic. To be quite honest, and this is 
you know, I'm, I'm a little sad I didn't get to go on the, the Pen Addict podcast this week and just have a full bore rant <laughs> at the at the ridiculousness of a an article in the New York Times called Fare, Fare Thee Well, My Pen, The Demise of the Pen by one Mr. Nick Bilton. And I, I'm sure that, you know, most everyone who listens to this podcast has probably seen this article because it was going around in all of our circles um, yeah. for the past few days to where um, Nick just had this extreme, I don't know, um, moment at his home to where <laughs> he couldn't find a pen and he couldn't find a piece of paper anywhere and realized that, you know, his finger is the only thing that's connecting him to the outside world. And it was just kind of this, I mean, it was pretty much a, a, a real clickbaity type article. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like one of those things you don't even want to bother responding to, but like I, I found myself, I, someone sent it to me. I didn't see it when it came up. Someone sent me a, a link in Twitter said, did you see this kind of thing? I said, no. And I went and read it. And I was like, this is just <laughs> asinine. This, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever read. And, <laughs> and I just let it go. And then I found myself like two or three hours later, I was like, I can't get this out of my head. I got to go just <laughs> at least just type something out. Even if I'm equally as ridiculous, I just have to get this out of my head. I'm, is the New York Times over? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I couldn't go to sleep. I think I actually got up out of bed and went to start to type just because I was just enraged about it. And, it, you know, the, the whole point of the article is just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I, I popped up a, a you know, I – I let out my rage on you know the electronic device. You know, I didn't write it down with a pencil or a pen. You know, I didn't let my rage out <laughs> in the analog fashion, but I let it, my rage out digitally right back at Mr. Bilton. <laughs> you yeah, know, with a little post on the on the pen attic. But you know, it was just a really it was a really clickbaity article, and it was just really stupid. And you know, just to have that type of conversation um, around that, especially when the Times has had other authors praising, you know, the use of analog tools, pens, papers, typewriters, you know, recently just to have just a ridiculous article like that just just felt phony to me and it, so, you know so that, that I, that's that's I, really I just interesting had to get something out about it. That's really interesting you mentioned a, that. I'm sorry. Go on, Tim. No, go. I was just going to say that it's such a stupid bourgeois idea that this New York Times writer happens to use his iPad and his iPhone and his computer for everything, but you know, a very large percentage of the world doesn't have those types of things and still uses pens and pencils. So it's just, I just, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's really, I'm really close minded. And yeah, like, like you're saying, like your experience, this one person who probably lives in Brooklyn or something that is living a very different life than, you know, everybody, we all live different lives and it's just kind of silly to make that kind of a, uh, to write that. And I, I think I, I, yeah, I tweeted to you, Brad, at some point saying that it just seems like he had nothing else to write about this week and just had to put something <laughs> down on paper. Like, Oh, what can that's, I write about? That's oh, totally yeah. Like that article felt I, like. I couldn't find a pen. I, I couldn't find a pen in the last five minutes. They must so be over. I should write about that. So <laughs> right. the pen must be dead. If me, this person does not have <laughs> something to use. It's just, it's just a ridiculous concept. 
Uh, it really was. It, it's interesting that you know that that would come out because actually just um, a few days ago, there was a one of the blogs on the New York Times website um, was talking about um, oh creative types from Manalo Blahnik to Milton Glaser on their favorite writing and drawing instruments. That's the title of it, <laughs> and and it started off the lead sentence was is the pencil over. For most, it's hard to recall the last time time an octagonal wood shaft rested between our fingers. And, and it just went on to say, <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, it actually has been. I don't think I've ever had an octagonal wood shaft resting between my fingers. Maybe a hexagonal one. <laughs> but but it's, it's funny because that actually went on to answer, basically answer that question, is the pencil over with a kind of with like a no. No, it's not. Because here are some people who are creative who are, not, who are using them. But... That's that's interesting. New York Times is really on board with that lately. Cool. Well, well before we talk to Brad more, um, I have been guilty of forgetting for the last two episodes that uh, Chris from Write Notepads and Company here in Baltimore, yay, gave us a really cool prototype notebook to do a giveaway with. So since we're so late, we thought we would just keep it very simple. And on erasable.us slash 11... You could just go on there, leave a comment with your favorite pen. <gasps> if you're going to admit to using pens, I mean, mm. you know. by the way, the right answer is I never use pens. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that just will kidding. probably get you the notebook. Um, <laughs> I have it right here, so if we do it, uh, we'll draw it on the next episode, I guess, and then we'll get it right into the mail to you. It's a cool little ledger notebook, um, sort of like uh, what you might see a waiter on an old show about diners take an order in, but with like super nice paper and a nice elastic and it's made here in Baltimore by hand, which is really cool. So yeah, we'll have one of those to give away. I'll see if I can find a right notepads pencil to stick in there too. Can you, are and, you allowed to take a picture of it, Johnny and have us post that? Uh, certainly. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I have one that I used for taking bar orders last time we all got together. <laughs> so it's, it's a very useful notebook. Um, and we were hoping to get into Brad's origin story, which has always interested me too, because I was like a silent Brad fanboy for a long time. <laughs> um, so we have three questions here. Do you want to each pick one? Sure. I, um, I'll go first. Okay, please do. Um, how did you become a pen addict? <laughs> in capital P and capital A. So... I think the pen addict thing before I even started the blog was just something that I grew up with. I mean, I think I've always had this kind of love for the non-traditional writing instruments, not just like a regular pen, just not any pen you could use in a classroom or you'd find at the house or anything like that, but something different from what everyone was using. Like I've, I've talked about when people have asked me this question before, I've always talked about how I had a friend who – um always him and I would always get like our notebooks out and we would draw but the challenge was to draw like the smallest thing possible like the smallest city or the smallest airport airplane UFOs planets all that kind of stuff so the challenge was well you couldn't just use any regular pen for that or pencil for that you had to find like something super special and we're talking about like i am an older guy <laughs> i'm in my 40s so this is like late 70s early 80s where you can't go online and go to jet pens or someplace <laughs> like that and find all these super fine you know high-tech pens so i always found myself scouring whatever stores i could i had a grandfather who was an artist and he would take me to like the local university bookstore where you know they'd have these engineering school you know engineering school so you could get all the 
drafting type pens and pencils that those guys were using um, at the time. So I was, I've been a pen addict as long as I can remember, at least since, I mean, I remember vividly like in like middle school, you know, that I, I really cared about what I wrote with, um, whether I knew it at the time, but I, I never wanted to use anything normal. So that was, that was kind of the origination. It's just kind of always been in me. That's just been kind of the things I've enjoyed using. So I, I've always wanted to find that non-traditional writing instrument to, to use. So that's kind of how it all started. And that's probably, you know, 30 years ago. That's cool. So uh, uh, your, your story about the, the small drawings reminds me of Sam Larson. I don't know if you all follow him on Instagram. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff he draws, like those Buffalo Mountain drawings and all that, that he, he'll put the penny in. That stuff is fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. And he actually did some really amazing artwork on Shelterwood notebooks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. That was so cool. That was that just blew me away. I wish I could do that sort of thing. But if you go on his, it'll be a ways back. But it's on my, I actually reposted them on my Instagram. And then, of course, he posted them. But he did some really really neat kind of micro artwork on some shelter wood notebooks. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I, I love following his stuff on Twitter. I think I, I think I like about everything that comes by hit my screen. That's his. I was like, Oh, this is great. Oh, yep. Sam again. So, so how did you kind of take that, that love and that addiction and actually start blogging? I've always like, you know, I think it's part of the introverts, way of communicating on the internet like i've you know i've never been like this total you know like social butterfly where you know i've been out and about with my friends and just you know doing all these other things that you know have what normal people would do (laughs) i guess Mm -hmm. um so i i always found i don't know my home, like on the internet and you know tim will appreciate this i started blogging i think i looked it up before this podcast that I started a baseball blog back in 2003. Wow. Um, about the Atlanta Braves and their minor league system. So yeah. I, I did that. For, <laughs> I did that for a couple of years. So that's, that's actually how I started blogging. So I always wanted this release like online to, okay, I've got this information in my head and I enjoy reading about this information and I want to find out more about this information. So let me start a blog and, start a conversation about this information. So when I stopped doing that baseball blogging thing, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know, I guess I did anything for a year or two. And then I kind of got into this pen thing. You know, I've always been into pens and I found like one day just, I was time for a like, training, you know, class for my regular job, my day job. I'm a computer um, engineer, just like a, I'm just a Unix guy. Um, and so I was out at a training class and, you know, I, being the dork that I am, you know, after class, I went to Office Max, you know, because, you know, that's a completely normal thing to do. And I found like a, my first 0.38 millimeter pen. Wow. It was a Uniball Sino RT 0.38. And I was like, wow, I didn't know this existed. So to say I started a blog on that pen is probably a little bit much, but it's not too far off because what that pen did was made me go out on the internet and search for more pens like it. I said, well, if this one pen exists like this, there has to be others. Um, 
this pen doesn't just exist in a vacuum. Yeah. So I jumped online and that's when I discovered like Japanese pens, like through jet pens and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, that's blogging for me has always been about sharing information, not about, you know, page views or, you know, different other ancillary things. It's always been about an information type of thing, you know, let me share the information I have and then maybe I can gain some information that the readers have. And it's kind of this two way street. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how the pen addict began. You know, I started, so I just started, started down that path. So what, how did, see, I guess the next question is I, I've always sort of thought we had an interesting kind of parallel course, um, Brad, just because I know that you worked at jet pens Mm-hmm. And I worked actually for much, much shorter of a time at Pencils.com. But we sort of went and, and worked, kind of made our passions a career and then eventually kind of backed out of it and just started blogging again. But I, I'd be interested to know how that kind of led you to JetPens and, and what you did there. Yeah, it, it was actually a really cool thing and it worked out well. So for the longest time, I, I've just been, you know, just an IT guy and had this whole pen blog thing on the side. And... Every, from probably within the, I, I started the pen addict in 2007, um, November, 2007. And I think within the first six months I started, you know, communicating with jet pens, just there, you know, just the, the emails we've all gotten. Hey, can we send you some pens yeah. that you're interested in? You know, you want to review some pens, yada, yada, yada. And so over the years, our relationship grew, our communication grew and they decided they wanted to, do something a little bit more just like on the blogging and social type of arena. So they app, they up and asked, you know, did I want to work for them like in a full-time capacity? And of course I jumped at that chance and, hmm. you know, left my IT job and started working for them and I worked for them remotely. They're based in San Jose, San Jose, California. Hmm. And I'm obviously in Macon, Georgia. And that worked out great for a while, but I think it lasted about 11 months, maybe 12 and I think just towards the end, that that distance, you know, I, I, I'm actually a, a believer in telecommuting and remote working and things like that. But for what, what we were trying to accomplish, yeah, it just kind of didn't work like really. It wasn't like really, really tight. It wasn't like perfect. Yeah. Um, so we parted ways and I went back to my – actually, I was lucky enough to go back to my old job. But I still have a super strong relationship with jet pens. Um, they obviously, you know, help support the pen addict as it is now. And we're obviously on like super, super good terms. And hopefully we have some some new things we're going to we're working on in the future. You know, knock That's on cool. wood, you know, nothing to announce yet. But, um, knock, you know, so knock on wood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> I'll leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, mean, it was an awesome. It, it, was, it was a was really, an great awesome. it was really great experience. Really yeah. Experience. So yeah, Andy, you and I were kind of doing that same, you know, we were working for those online companies at the same time, I think. It seemed like when I was working, I think that's probably when I first found out about Andy Wellfley, actually, <laughs> was, you know, that was pre-Wood Clenched. Yeah. yeah so you had another, did you have another blog besides the I, Pencils.com thing? I, well, I started, um, I started blogging, I did product reviews for um, Pencil Things. And, things. Yeah, and that was starting in 2007. And I, he had a blog that I blogged there on. And then when they stopped, he sold the company, Don Bell did, and they, um, I started Wood Clinched then. And Wood Clinched is kind of where I 
Uh, I met Charles from pencils.com and talked to him about a few things and kind of where I met the pencils.com guys. So, so yeah, so that was kind of the evolution. And, and I guess I just realized that, you know, for, during my whole tenure at pencils.com, um, you know, I didn't, I hardly blogged on Woodclinch at all. And I just realized that I think it was more of a, like a hobby passion than it was a professional passion. I don't know if that was something similar to what you've, you've seen, Brad. Yeah, it it was weird when I, when I was with, when I was actually a jet pens employee, I kept pen addict completely as normal. That was part of the deal, mm-hmm. right? Like I kept up the same, like pen addict didn't skip a beat, right? It stayed the, like the same reviews, the same, you know, content, the same schedule type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was really good. It was a really great experience. It was kind of an eye opening experience and, um, I'm I'm forever grateful for, you know, them allowing me that opportunity and, you know, hope I wish it would have worked out like in a in a long term thing, but um, you know, I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't ready to pick up and move to, to California. Not that they would ask me, but I think that was kind of the 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 working across country across three different time zones mm-hmm. for like a a one person me was was kind of difficult. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I I didn't want to move to Stockton, so to California. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. Well, I think our last question for you, Brad, about your origin story is we're calling it is just, could you quickly tell us how you and Mike got hooked up to start the pen Attic podcast? Yeah. So I'm trying to think where I first came on Mike's radar. And I think it was more just through, it was definitely through Patrick Roan. Um, Hmm. And I was friends with Patrick online because he liked what I was doing with Pen Addict, right? So he had – this was the time where he was doing the Enough podcast and he's always had you know the Minimal Mac, minimal Mac and PatrickRone.com and he was always talking about pens and paper and things like that. So we just – Patrick and I kind of connected um, and at that time he was doing the Enough podcast on the 70 Decibels Network, which was Mike Hurley's first network, podcast network. And Patrick would tell me, you know, you need to do a podcast. And, you know, I'm, you know, I've got this, I do a podcast with this guy, Mike Hurley, and he, you know, he does everything, you know, he does, you know, puts all the podcasts together and whatever. All you got to do is show up and talk. And I was like, seriously, want to do a podcast about pens? (laughs) I mean, how do you, there's no, (laughs) there's no way that this is going to be any good at all. And, um, I, I was very negative um, about it. I was like, number one, I don't have the time. Number two, I don't have the skill. Number three, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what you expect me to talk about for however long a podcast should be. But they got me on the, they got me on the Enough podcast, and um, I'd have to find that episode number to put in the show notes. But Patrick and Mike um, had me on the Enough podcast, and we talked about pens. So Patrick Rohn is great. That actually, went pretty well. Yeah, it went pretty well and mike after that you know me and patrick can continue our conversation but mike hurley he kept hounding me <laughs> he's like dude do it we need to do a podcast about pens me and you let's do this i was like you are absolutely insane <laughs> I, I i have no clue why you want to do this and i'd brush him off and then like a few weeks later he's like we really need to do this this is like seriously this will work Trust me, we need to do this. And I'm like, fine. So, 
we we did it. I mean, I remember like the first one or two episodes. I was like, this is going to be like a three episode podcast. <laughs> I mean, this has no shot, but it's just kind of taken on a life of its own since then, and we're 115 episodes into it. And um, yeah, it it's. I miss it when I don't do it. Like we're in a hiatus right now because Mike's starting a new podcast network as you know, we're, we're leaving the, the, the big, the big boys at five by five and, and branching out on our own. And, you know, so we're in a few, few week hiatus, but um, I, I really miss doing it. It's, it's a great platform. And like, I'm so glad that you guys decided to, create the erasable podcast because it's such a perfect platform to discuss these type of things. Oh yeah. And you can express things a little bit differently than you can, you know, on a blog and things like that. And people get to know your personalities and tie link those two things together. And it just kind of comes this whole um, community aspect. Like you guys are finding out with the uh, Facebook page and things like that. It's just a really, really awesome community. Um, it's a great platform and I'm super, super happy to be doing it. It's a, uh, it's amazing how, um, like, you know, I, I had never, well, maybe a few times when I did, just did wood clinched, I'd get a reader, you know, write and say, Hey, I have these cool pencils. Jimmy, send you a few of them just to check it out. And so I was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Sure. But it didn't happen as often as, you know, it happened with a podcast. Like I've, I've just gotten two packages from listeners this past week. Like it's, it's crazy how, how much more personal podcasting is than blogging. Yeah, my my mail person, like like Johnny was saying earlier about which his uh, regular mail carrier was back. I, I'm sure my mail mail carrier is just like, who is this fanatic person? That <laughs> is he buying drugs? These <laughs> packages that I can't fit in the mailbox, and I have to drive to the door or, or drop at the door. <laughs> and see, yeah, they it's it's one of the most awesome communities I I could um, ever imagine being involved in it's just so so cool yeah to be able to talk to these people and to be able to share these things with everyone and so thank you for sharing your audience with us because we have i think a lot of our listeners are kind of crossover listeners and oh man <laughs> I, I, appreciate I was excited that. when i was excited when you guys started it because you know I've, I've known all you guys online obviously for for a, a long long time um especially you know obviously in the blogging circles and to have a uh a a pencil podcast um, <laughs> out there. It's just, it was just, it's cool. It's, it's the right time and it's the right fit and it's the right topic. So yeah. I am more, more than glad to support you guys in, in anything you're doing. I think it was maybe like two days after I was on the pen act, pen addict as a guest back in uh, March that Tim sent me a DM and said, Hey, we should do a pencil podcast. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was really, it was really close together. And, yep. And Johnny was like the, the third element, like the you obviously white, can't do white, this white without Johnny or something. We're like, we need to see if we can get Johnny in because he's the he's the big dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like and then he's like, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been interesting to get like like Stephen from Pencil Talk on, but yeah, that, that guy's kind of a recluse. I feel like, <laughs> like I've never talked to him in real life. I've emailed him, and he's like super interesting and knowledgeable. But I uh, and of course he hasn't been very active lately. But I hope he's I hope he's still doing it. Um, so I think, um, I think Brad that we, Tim put out there on the, on the Facebook group, um, just to kind of get questions for you from, um, from some of them. So we've kind of yeah. narrowed it down to five of them. Cool. Um, and I, I guess yeah, this, this is my favorite kind of stuff. I, I love yeah. the listener, the listener feedback. Yeah. 
So, um, so I guess I'll, I'll start it off and maybe we can kind of alternate asking this. But uh, the big question that a lot of people ask something like this is, any plans for pencil-related products for NotCo in the near future? Absolutely, 100% yes, and multiple products at that. That's cool. Um, so what I would like to ask you guys, and we have, we have <laughs> two things in, in the – we're not even to prototype phase yet, but we're, we have two things we're discussing. One I will not discuss, um, on the air, (laughs) um, because it is way far away from being done and it's really cool Two, the second one. I would, the standard pen case is not good for wood case pencils. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Right. So it doesn't fit. It's not the right format. It's not the right layout. Um, it's not the right style. So, and traditionally, I think most people have just used a standard pouch. Throw everything in one big pouch. I've got some ideas for a more individual pen- pencil storage, but is there something you would like to see? Like what would what would make a pencil case work for you guys from a wood case pencil perspective? I think, I think for me making it slightly longer to accommodate like a black wing, for example, that's a little bit longer than a regular pencil. Right. And, and also um, having the bottom point, uh, the bottom part be like hard shelled or slightly protected. So you don't mm-hmm. have to use a pencil cap. You can just okay. throw it in there. So, so, so making sure the bottom of it is protects your point. Yeah. Right. I was, I was even thinking about like a, uh, the Brass Town is my favorite. That's I, I have a couple of your cases, and that, that one I use every single day, and I, I fill the bottom part with pencils, but pencils mm-hmm. don't really fit in the slot. So I was thinking of something along the lines of Brass Town that was a little bit longer, and then the actual slots didn't have a bottom so that uh, the pencils could slide all the way through. You'd have to cap, but then they could fit in, and you could just kind of roll it right up and, and close it into the case. Okay, I got you. That's something I've envisioned, but... Yeah, so it it would definitely have to accommodate for the longest length of the pencil, right? The the fresh mm-hmm. the fresh pencil. And yes. it would have to have a protection method for so you're not snapping off the lead um, from your you know your classroom friendly sharpener daggers. Yeah. That's your <laughs> <laughs> that sharpening, right? Yes. <laughs> so we need harpoon protection. <laughs> yeah, so okay, so that's definitely the things I'm those are the things we're designing around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a working prototype yet, but good. That's, I mean, that's, and, that's the page we're on. Um, and just kind of depending on how we're going to put that together. And th- then if there's sort of like, you know, more individual pencil pockets, having a mm-hmm. little kind of a couple side pockets, maybe for the size of a little one hold pencil sharpener and also one for like a little eraser, if you wanted to do something like that. Oh, that's a good idea. I, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely didn't oh. consider something like that. Yeah. That's perfect. Cool. What about I'm you, Johnny? The opposite. I'd like a little oh. holder. Oh, uh, like a um, little shorty, shorty holder. Yeah, Les, Leslie Herger had something like that on the Facebook group today um, that held like slightly shorter pencils, but something like one of those um, old-fashioned cigarette cases, but for small pencils would be perfect. Hmm. I usually leave my big pencils on the desk until they get a little shorter. Be- I always have like nightmares of you know, killing myself with one by accident. <laughs> like, just long enough to hit my heart. If I get a stub and I fall, I'm probably you know I'll be alright. <laughs> get stuck in your rib cage. Check it off. Check it off. Check it off. Tis but a scratch. <laughs> it would be cool to see 
something along the lines of a lookout to the three pen holster that was just a, that was just longer that could take mm-hmm. pen, pencils into that too. I'd be interested in something like that. Yeah, yeah. So what, guys, but that'd be cool. They just to to, to tell you, the idea that I've had, and I haven't totally laid this out in the the products and and cutting style that we make, but it would be like a um like a you could hold a dozen pencils, six on the bottom flap in between six on the top zip away zip three-sided around like hmm. a flat case um as long as i could manage the the tips not breaking in there somehow so that's that's something i've been i've been thinking about that i think might work pretty well i don't know it's it's some you know the best thing about starting this business with jeff is we're able to do these things on the fly and see if they work or not. I mean, you know, we've had some hits, had some misses and things like that. So it, it's cool to be able to, to kind of fulfill a need of, you know, what all of us pen and pencil geeks want to want to have. So it, it's been good. I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what the misses have been so far. It's just <laughs> like, like all of the options are so great. And I, it was just so cool to first see the, the Karis customs partnership. And I, 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 DM'd you immediately when I saw when I found out about that because I was like, "This is way too cool, and someday I will buy one of these." Uh, yeah. I actually don't don't have a render K that would and that looks perfect. And I was like, "Someday I will get this, but if this is a limited edition, I will come find you." Because yeah. <laughs> and then and then the the Twisby partnership and the Organic Studio, but that I mean, Keras Customs and everything is just it just seems like everything everything just looks great right now. So yeah. I laud you for that. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it, it's something, you know, we we stress over how, you know, it's such a new thing and which direction do we want to take it. So, you know, it's definitely a learning process. And, and no, those um, Keras Customs um, will not be, are not a limited edition. So you, you'll be able to get it anytime you want. Uh, once uh, we get, once we get restocked in them, we sold off the first batch. Your, your French Keras, yeah. your Bastille Day pen? <laughs> <laughs> Chicago Cubs is what it was. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will jump in with the next question, which is, where do you fit pencils into your workflow? Do you switch between pens and pencils or go certain days, or on certain days, go back and forth throughout the day? Which I think is an awesome question because, like, I'm your opposite, and I don't really like pens. But right. there are certain right. things for which I like a pen. So I'm wondering, or I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, what, what makes Brad Dow use a pencil? Yeah, so... One of the challenges just on the pen front and then recently mixing in the pencils front is how do you use everything that you have? You know, that's um, a big thing, you know, with me is, you know, if I'm spending money on a fountain pen, I just don't want to have it sit there and collect dust. So I don't have any like dead set plan. But when I choose a writing instrument for the day, that's the writing instrument I use all day. Hmm. So whether it's a pen, a certain fountain pen that I've inked up, or it's a pencil, like I've been, like I carry um, the the pencil I'm sad I left at home is actually the, the Tombow Mono pencil, not the mechanical version that I'm using today. Um, that's the pen I've been carrying in my backpack that I mix into my rotation. So I'm always using something different every day. I don't use it. I don't ever use the same thing twice in a twice in a row, two days in a row. And then I've been mixing in more pencils because I've been finding more enjoyment um, through in, in using pencils. Um, 
it's hard to explain because I've never been a woodcase pencil guy at all. I used to be a super fine point ballpoint or gel pen and then a super fine mechanical pencil. Those were like the few things that I carry. You know, this was before well, well before I was into fountain pens. Yeah. But I don't know if it's because of the fountain pens that I got into that more the more traditional woodcase pencil thing. I've just found like a lot of enjoyment using it. So I don't have a definitive answer to that. But I do mix them in on a daily basis. And when I use a certain writing instrument, I stick with that writing instrument all day. Or else I would never use everything that I have right now. And that's a big thing with me is I want to, if I'm not using something, I need to get rid of it. And it needs to go away. So, I don't know. I I hope that answered that question. Awesome. Thank you. Before the next question, I thought we should point out. The, the first question, uh, I had posted on Facebook and asked people to give us some questions. And uh, that first question sort of came from both uh, Jung, uh, one of our listeners, actually one of our first winners in our first giveaway, and Winnie both asked about the NotCo questions. They were both uh, really interested in that. And I actually can't see the, the source of the second one, but I just realized I, I forgot to note the people who had asked the questions. But the third question we had for you, uh, and this one uh, is about fountain pens, actually. And this originated with Richard, a listener named Richard, who asked if there were any inks that looked like pencil, uh, particularly when it dried. So I thought that, yeah, this is kind of an interesting topic. Hmm. It's addressing you know, the issue of fountain pens that bridge the gap to pencils. And then we can maybe even also think about pencils that bridge the gap to fountain pens. But uh, which, of course, we're going to be talking about gray or gray-blue inks, but are there any mm-hmm. inks in that category that you associate with looking like a pencil or like a like graphite marking? I haven't found that one yet. I, I think it probably exists, mm-hmm. but I'm still, in the grand scheme of things, I'd say new to the whole fountain pen world. Like I've got maybe like two or three years' experience with like using them on a heavy, heavy, regular basis, and I actually like gray inks a lot that's like one of my like i like blue black inks that's uh just a real kind of a dusty dark blue so that's a in that same grays kind of fall in that same color range hmm. the one gray i use is a pilot eroshizuku it's called fuyu sayugun i think is what that's at least what we're going to go with <laughs> do, do, do you want to do you want to spell that maybe i'm yeah. going to put this in show notes it's f-u-y-u dash s-y-o-g-u-n we'll call it uh it uh actually translates into winter shogun Hmm. so Mm -hmm. so, but it's not a it's not a uh, pencil color it's not a graphite color i don't think it's a great it's a really really beautiful deep gray i don't think it favors pencil there's other companies I, i know diamine makes um i believe they make one called graphite that i think is really focused on that but i have not tested that for myself to see how it compares to um a graphite pencil um it's been on my so, wish list for a while yeah so, yeah that's that's definitely one i'll pick up because i enjoy gray inks but i haven't used it to say but i i do know this uh this fuyu sayugun is a beautiful beautiful gray ink i can't say that it there there's a different texture 
with pencil graphite and inks. There's there's so much depth yeah. in each of these things, but it's a it's a separate type of look. Um, so it, it it's hard to nail that down, and I haven't found one yet. But I, I there's there's certainly ones out there that that should be a pretty good match. I just haven't uh, I just haven't um, gone think, that far yet. I think pencil graphite looks more like it's laying on top of a page where where you know ink generally like except for ballpoint ink like fountain pen ink really looks like it's kind of soaking in and dying the page. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, it'd be gonna... go on good. I was going to say, I think, it. <laughs> shall we dance? Um, I think that it's, um, it's, you know, something that would be hard to get, just hard to replicate, just because the pencil graphite just reflects light so much differently, and kind of looks like it's laying on top of the page. Yeah, it's going to need to be like a really, prob- probably a really saturated color, which I'm guessing isn't really that common with grays. Um, Brad, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but no, I, I'd say that's pretty right. Yeah, and then. I, I heard this in the past couple of weeks. I know Heath from uh, Pen Paper Ink Letter and some other people have been talking about how, and I'm going to just go ahead and hyper Americanize the pronunciation of this, but J. Herbin or G. G. Herbin or whatever it is, um, <laughs> they are coming out with a new 1670 ink that is gray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The I think they're, is it Grease Nuage or I forget what they're calling it, but it's a, a gray with a hint of gold in it that. Yeah, what they do with those gray coming out. those sixteen seventy inks are really neat. They did. Uh, I, I'm not looking in front of it, but the first one was a was a red, is I think rouge uh, hematite or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. And then the second one was an ocean blue. I can't remember the uh, blue. Was it blue Provence? I don't. I, I don't. No, it's recall. just actually called uh, ocean blue, like ocean okay. blue. I think. But. And those those inks, I've used the first two. They are super super saturated inks. I mean, they're really deep, dark colors um, with extra sheen, extra, I don't know, like the, uh, the rouge had a lot of uh, extra gold in it. Like you were talking about Mm. um, color in it when it dried. So yeah, that, that'll be one to check out for sure. And you, you you definitely missed the, uh, the episode of the Panatic podcast where we talked about the G herbal uh, pronunciation guide. I was trying to remember that because I remember Mike, had, Mike had nailed it down pretty. Uh, it was pretty it was impressively. Really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to remember that was I was trying to recreate how he pronounced it, but that was quite a while ago when I listened listened to that one. I think I plowed through the first about sixty episodes of your podcast in <laughs> like three weeks. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and then I guess another part of that question would be if you're trying to imitate the actual action of a pencil and you're using a fountain pen, it seems like it would be, if you could find that gray ink, it would be that gray ink and then some sort of EF nib, like something that's really fine um, yeah, that would it, it simulate a sharp pencil. Yeah, and you, you would actually want a little bit of feedback too, which you know mm-hmm. you can definitely get some super glassy smooth nibs or you can get some nibs with a little bit of feedback in them, which would probably be more, uh, more pencil-like, if you will. So somebody somebody asked. Um, I'm wondering what Brad, pref- which Brad prefers, wood or mechanical pencils, and which he uses more. Which I think we covered a little bit in the second question, but I'd be interested to know. And this and is- you know what? This is a safe space, so whatever you say here cannot be held <laughs> against you in the court of law. <laughs> this is a this is a super super interesting question. A year ago, Brad, it was a clear answer, and it was mechanical pencils. 
today's Brad, it's a clear answer, and it's wood pencils. Wow. And it's not close. It's not close. And I, I wish I could explain it. It's probably your guy's fault. <laughs> it's in some way, shape, or form. But I will reach for a wood pencil. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, over a mechanical pencil. And just There's so very, everybody knows, we are not holding a knife to his throat. They are not holding a knife <laughs> to my throat. Um, Johnny's not. not jo- Johnny's not standing right here. With <laughs> one of his his bayonet sharp pencils in my ear hole. Um, it's there's something about it. And like I said, I liken it to the fountain pen. There's something different about it than all these other types of pens, like a ballpoint pen or a gel ink pen. There's something about a fountain pen in relation to those things. That's different. And it fires off something different in your brain or something like that. And it's the same thing with mechanical pencils. I love a beautifully designed engineering mechanical pencil, like a Rotring 600. Mm -hmm. That's my type of mechanical pencil. I'm enjoying more these days, picking up a great wood case pencil. And this may sound stupid, but a lot of it is when I figured out how to sharpen it properly to make a nice long point, which is what I prefer (laughs) as opposed to like a short point. Yeah. Um, that made a big difference for me. It's in a visual aspect. Um, that's kind of a big deal for me. Like I use like a nice long, I want a nice long point, even if it might be more fragile as opposed to a short, shorter, stubbier point, um, when I'm sharpening a pencil. So yeah, um, definitely would these days and, um, not close really. Hmm. Wow. Gee, I, I feel like a nice long point does feel more like a fountain pen. Yeah, maybe that's it. I yeah. mean, it there's it takes less effort to write with, right? It's more flowing. Um it's it's got more movement to it. Um but, you know, on some of the pencils that I've discovered, you know, I was always worried about those tips breaking, but you know, all these pencils these days have such good lead quality yeah. that um you know, you're able to keep that sharp point forever. What are you getting that long point with, sir? <laughs> The classroom friendly sharpener, nice. Mr. Gamber. That's that's one hundred and ten percent your fault. <laughs> what color actually, did you I think get? I went with red. Nice. Yeah. So I actually I think I quizzed you on this when I was ready to break down. It's like you know, exp- I think it was probably just the basic explain to me sharpeners. This is what I want. Tell me what to get, hmm. and this one nailed it. I mean, it's. It's such a revelation um, using this type of sharpener, um, you know, despite the, uh, you know, I've never used one that has, what what do you call it, where it grips the pencil and kind of holds it itself? The, uh, no, with you know, the it, calls it an aperture. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> aperture. Okay. So, like, <laughs> the aperture reaches out, grabs the pencil, and holds it there for you to sharpen. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. Awesome. So, so yeah, uh, that thing's ridiculous, and for for twenty bucks or whatever they are, that's like the steal of the century. I need to get a second one for home because I usually just end up taking my pencils to work and sharpening them there. I have two. <laughs> <laughs> I one is hoarded away in the box in case they stop making them. That's a good idea. Probably excessive. I do that with everything I like. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, our next question is. 
Which pencils would the erasable team recommend to an pen enthusiast slash purist who is curious about graphite? And conversely, which pens would Mr. Dowdy recommend to the curious pencil folks? So I thought we could each you know, name a couple good pencils for pen enthusiasts or the graphite curious. Yeah. So you want to go first, Mr. Andy? I will. Um, I'm sorry, who? Oh, I'm sorry. Lil, Lil Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, that's probably not going to get old. <laughs> um, so, so this is kind of an interesting question because um, I figured that, that Brad, um, you know, might have some of his fan base, you know, come over and listen to this and just be interested to know what they should get started with with pencils. But um, I, first of all, there is a link in the show notes to um, Heath Cates' pen, paper, ink letters, uh, his blog during Pencil Week. I wrote a thing about starter kits for pencils. Um, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but, but honestly, like what you should do, first of all, is I'm sure you probably don't need to buy this. You probably just have one laying around. Um, just go get an Office Depot generic pencil. Um, just like your basic, like almost literally dime a dozen, really like $1.99 for a dozen. Um, plain old generic pencil and try that out. And you'll probably notice that it maybe, you know, it doesn't write very dark, it doesn't write very smooth, and you kind of know why you don't use pencils very often. Now take that pencil and then go get a Tombow Mono 100 or a Palomino Blackwing 602 from JetPens or from Pencils.com uh, or just borrow somebody's <laughs> if, you, if you have them and then try that right next to that Office Depot pencil. And you can see probably that, you know, if you've only ever been exposed to that generic pencil, that's probably why you don't like pencils. Um, the, you know, the, the difference in quality is insanely contrasted. Um, it's, it just is much, a much smoother, much darker experience. And you'll, I, I think, you know, once you kind of see the difference between those, you'll really know. I know that there's people who are like, oh, you know, wine enthusiasts, they just make up all those flavor profiles and things like that. And I, I know that there are kind of subtleties among pencils that a lot of people don't necessarily get. Um, but there, there will be no subtlety here. You'll definitely see a difference. So, um, that's really probably the two pencils that I would recommend trying just for pure contrast sake. And you can maybe kind of see why, why people like those. How about you? Um, what's your rapper name, Tim? <laughs> um, Puff Puff Lady. Lady. That's right. Puff <laughs> <Lady>. <laughs> How about you? Uh, the, the way I would approach it is something that, ha- that puts down a really distinctive line. Mm-hmm. darker line that's really uh, sharp, not in the sense of the point on the pencil, but just puts down a crisp line, I guess would be a better way to put it. And the first one that came to my mind was the Palomino HB, which is their uh, the HB model in their drawing series. And there's one that comes with an eraser. So that's where I would start. Also, uh, just a general thought, I would also want something that, or I'd also recommend something that draws a dark line, but also holds a point fairly well and the way i would or where i would point people would be to something that is a a drawing pencil in the hb to 2b range i feel like a fountain pen user would want wouldn't want the very lightest lines of a of a harder pencil it would be it need to be a little soft but not so soft that they're having to sharpen every five minutes because that would definitely turn off a, a fountain pen user and so for example like the general's kimberly which you can buy at places like Michael's and Hobby, or uh, what's the other place? I don't know, just any like general hobby store. Yeah, like Hobby Lobby Michael's has one. 
Michaels is the one that I go to and they sell generals. Kimberly and I bought a pack of two B's and they're, they're really nice and they, they hold a point for a decent amount of time, but they're also nice and dark. So that's, that's the route I would take. Johnny, what about you? Well, um, I don't really have my finger on the pulse of the pen fan community that much, but I see the, the desire for extra fine points floating around a lot. So <clears throat> for someone that likes really, 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 really fine point, I would go for some sort of like HB or F German LEDs, um, such as the Faber-Castell 9000, that beautiful, beautiful green pencil because they can hold a sharp point for a very, very long time. And they're not especially dark, but for how long they last, they're very, very smooth. Um, and if you are someone that likes big, giant strokes, definitely get fatty pencils, like the kids' pencils with big, fat leads that are super soft. and You can't break them. And if you're you know, especially skilled with sandpaper or a knife, you could even get a little chisel point and do some metallic work and things like that. And also some... There's some drawing pencils like General's um, layout and the, um, what is that thing called? The ebony pencil from Prismacolor that would also be good if you like a big, fat, dark line. Hmm. And if you could find it, the General's Kimberly 9XXB pencil is some sort of um, like graphite carbon hybrid. It's not dark gray. It's actually black, and it hmm. doesn't smear, and it's fatter than the regular Kimberly pencils. It's really, really, really cool. But if you like... An italic, uh, sort of italic nib or a big fat nib, go with some big fat dark pencil. And if you like extra fine, get a really, really expensive German HB or a harder lead. So that my long-winded answer. That's cool. And so, Brad, what kind of pens would you recommend? So to, uh, I have a question. I have a question for you guys first that I want to ask before I give my pen recommendations. <laughs> so in my newly found love for the wood pencil there's basically a choice you can make if well not a choice you can make there's different types of erasers and there's you know the regular round erasers there's the large black wing erasers and then there's no erasers so what is the preference for the erasable podcast are you an eraser on your pencil guy or are you a non-eraser pencil guy? I, I'm generally an eraser fan just because I think it makes a really nice counterbalance to the end of the pencil, if if only for that reason, but also because it's much handier. I say eraser because I hate carrying an extra eraser. Um, that's not my style, and I'm not, I, I like to be able to erase things. Um, so I mean, That's like a really simple answer, but I... I, I would say I'm also kind of a crossover into what Andy just said, that it is a weight thing too, but just for a practical reason, I like to have uh, the eraser handy so I don't have to set the pencil down, dig out my eraser from my from my brass town or whatever, and actually erase stuff. Yeah. So, How about you, Johnny? What, what does the godfather think? <laughs> I don't really like erasers. What are you doing on this podcast? <laughs> I don't really use erasers that much. Um, I went to Catholic school and took handwriting classes through like eighth grade, and we just would cross things out if we made a mistake in pen when the rare case we were allowed to use pens. So I just sort of cross things out and keep going usually because I'm impatient or lazy or both. And you like so a nice uh, clean eraser too, right? Yeah, most of my pencils don't have used erasers on them, and um, 
like I have a lot of really nice erasers, but I don't really use them very often. My daughter started a collection. She's sort of pilfering them. <laughs> um, and they're all they're all you know shiny and nice. But I want to get into using them more because I like the sort of accessories aspect of using pencils like sharpeners and knives and stuff. So using some nice pretty block erasers would be good. But to, to answer your question, usually if if there were two identical pencils, I would go with an end-capped one instead of an eraser one. Because right. so some of the brands do a myself, really nice job. Yeah, I'm finding myself in that camp too, the, the non-eraser. But I don't know why. I think it's because I am a pen user and I will just scratch out the word and keep going, kind of like you said. So I don't really have a use for eraser. Plus, I'm like super anal retentive. I don't like the mess of the eraser and then streaking my hand like across the, uh, the graphite on the page and getting gray marks on my hand. So I'm like s- super weird that way. <laughs> so the, I don't know the, the non eraser pencils seem to be the ones I'm gravitating to these days in my initial, um, foray into these pens pencils. So, <laughs> all right. So my, my pen choices for the, the pencil fans are the Uniball Sino DX um, it's actually called the UM151, which Tim and Andy were talking about the UM153 earlier. The UM151 is the smaller tipped um, variant. I prefer the 0.38 millimeter. Um, they are probably the best gel ink pen going. The problem is that you just can't find them everywhere. You you, you pretty much have to order them online. You know, it's somewhere like Jet Pens or or wherever you want to shop. Um, so that, that's probably, uh, one of my favorites, um, alongside the zebra Sarasa clip. It's also a gel ink pen. It's the four, the 0.4 millimeter. It comes in smaller and larger, but I, the 0.4 millimeter is the sweet spot for me. They have a beautiful blue black. And as Tim reminded me, they have an excellent gray that I've reviewed on the blog. That one is getting close to a pencil type shade. So, um, <laughs> definitely check that one out. Um, it's a really, really beautiful color. Um, I, I enjoy writing with that one uh, very, very much. And if you want something extra, extra fine, even finer than the 0.38 Uni DX and the 0.4 Zebra Sarasa Clip is the Uniball Jetstream 0.5 millimeter. Um, they also have a 0.38 millimeter. Um, I know the, the number sounds larger, but it's a hybrid ballpoint ink, so the line is even finer. Um it's kind of crazy how fine of a line that this pen can write. Um, and it's a real clean, crisp, sharp line, um, like in a consistent line, like you'd find in a pencil. Um, and it, it's just a, a really, really cool pen. And you know, all these pens are like two, three bucks each. So they're, they're really good stuff to uh, start out with. If you're just kind of dipping your toes into, um, finding some new pens you might like. Just like pencils. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's kind of a nice place to end up because that's where you know, the nicest pencils you can buy right now land in that same price range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, and they last, you know, I wouldn't say the, the amount of time that a pencil lasts or one of these gel pens lasts would be much different from each other if you're using it, you know, a yep. good bit. Yeah, and, I'd agree uh, with that. And I was actually, I was on jet pens just now looking at the different colors of the inks and looking at the gray. And when I really look at the whole spectrum of colors that, like, the Sarasa clip comes in, in some ways, I don't know if you all would agree, but blue-black almost looks closer to, like, what an actual pencil marking is than maybe a gray would be. Because, like, the 
Blackwing 602 almost has like a blue tint to it. Hmm. When you really look at the line that it puts down, like a bluish gray. But, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just kind of a nice nice place to end up. But, that you can get really high quality, nice pens and nice pencils. And they uh, sort of in the end, things, when you mark it up, they, they end up pretty pretty equal in the uh, economic department and mm-hmm. as far as how as far as how they, long they last so it's really a good good way for people to to, to cross over and I know I think jet pens at least I'd heard this not too long ago that jet pens soon were planning to start to selling blackwing 602s and blackwings blackwing pearls individually on their site along with the Tombow mono 100s and uh, several others so that's a great idea. Yeah. Option to, to buy those one, those single pencils and stuff. I know they, I know they split up the Tombos. I can't, I don't, I'm not looking at it to see if they've done that with the uh, Black Wings yet, but they've definitely done it with the Tombos in in yeah. all the grades. So uh, before I guess we wrap up, Brad, do you have any questions, kind of for for us for the the pencil guys? I don't. I I was really curious about that eraser question because that's something that I. I haven't wrapped my head around like why do I like this or is there a reason for this or is there a preference for this in the uh in the in the hardcore uh pencil community eraser or non eraser but um I think the that that was my primary question but uh hmm. no otherwise shoot you guys are you guys are the best and I, I appreciate you having me on. This was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah it's an honor to have you on here. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So, shall we talk about where to find us online? Yeah. Uh, we are the Erasable Podcast at erasable.us. On Twitter, we are at Erasable Podcast. You can find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. And I really wish we could do a joint Instagram account because we all sort of post about different things besides um, stationary. Maybe put that on the burner. Yeah. Something. That could be cool. You can go the hashtag route, too. Yes. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Johnny Gamber. I am at PencilRevolution.com. I am also known as the Notorious HB, or if you're adventurous, the Notorious XXB. I am on Instagram at Johnny Gamber, all one word, and Twitter at Pencilution. Mr. Tim? Uh, I write at www.thewritingarsenal.com. I post on Twitter at writingarsenal, and my Instagram account is at thewritingarsenal. Um, I guess before I go, I'd, I'd be interested. Uh, I think everybody here knows how to get a hold of Brad, but uh, Brad, where can people find you on the internets? <laughs> I am on Twitter, which is maybe my favorite form of communication out there at dowdyism, D O W D Y I S M. Uh, the blogs at pinaddict.com and, uh, Instagram is at pinaddict. Pretty cool. And I'm, uh, Andy Welfley. Um, I am at a Welfley. That's a W E L F as in Frank L E. Uh, or I'm at, at wood clinched. I have both of those. Uh, generally you're going to see other things, a lot more gifts on a Welfley than on wood clinched. Um, you can get me on my blog at woodclinched.com or on Instagram at, uh, at A Wellfley, A-W-E-L-F-L-E. Excellent. So that's all we have for tonight. Thank you for listening to our super long, <laughs> super awesome episode. 